Starcast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. Wake I'm up, tired. buddy. I'm tired because I'm addicted to my simulator. <laughs> yeah, it's a badass machine. I know you've been getting, uh, getting some time on that thing. I can't get away from it. It's now I know how hard it is to get a phone. Why it's so hard to get a phone away from a kid. Yeah, right. Well, uh, so speaking of, you don't have to worry about that too much. Gage has been crushing it. He and his team have been crushing it. And I know you gave us a little bit of an update last week, but they've moved on. They beat another team and uh, getting closer to a championship, right? No one ever would have predicted it. It's like a Cinderella story. Every week they go in, they're the underdog. Uh, they've lost two games in the in the playoffs so far. They're two games away from winning a state title. They play tomorrow night uh, uh, near Austin, and they win tomorrow night. And they play Saturday for the state finals. So um, it's it's awesome, man. Uh, I can't, it's hard to explain. You got to experience it you know all the years of playing sports i won a world championship in the u.s or in the world football league but you know like through high school and college i mean the playoffs weren't uh, an option <laughs> so it's really cool to watch gage and his buddies go through it, especially when it wasn't predicted it's just a cool thing man they're yeah. number four in the, as of right now they're number four in the state for 5a schools in freaking texas they got like 300 high schools in Texas, for God's sake. 305A high schools in Texas. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I saw some of the clips. I saw some of the stuff that those guys play. They play hard. Oh, man, high school crazy. kids play hard. I, I'm they trying play to think. Hard and, and then my chest feels it, too, because it's, I mean, they're the best baseball games I've ever seen. But they're, you know, you're so emotionally invested because you have your son in it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's. It's cutthroat, man. <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. You know, I I played sports in in high school and and long before that. And I just I don't know. I guess as a kid, when you're there and you're doing it, and then as an adult, you see it. I was like, I don't remember playing quite that hard like these kids. And I, but I remember feeling the passion. I remember getting emotional about games and and well, so I, I played play, baseball and yeah, and baseball traditionally is you know a friendly you know, game. And, yeah. uh, but these kids go at each other, man, whether it's social media, pre- you know, prior to the game, and then they get on each other's, you know, nerves and then they really want to kick their ass during the game. I mean, the, the post that I've put out with Gage, oh shit. Um, this will be live on our podcast. <laughs> hey, Billy, I got to call you right back, partner. I'm on my, I'm doing my podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't know who that was, but that was my partner, and that was about the dealership. That's why I had to answer. Oh, right on, right on. All right. So, speaking of speaking of dealerships, uh, some information from a dealer was leaked recently on the the order guide uh, from Dodge, and Dodge had said, "Hey, we're going to do." a six-speed manual transmission in the Challenger Hellcat. Uh, and then there was a delay for the longest time on making that option available to order. And apparently it popped back up. So what was going on was uh, Dodge had to do some recalibration on the PCM, on the uh, on the powertrain control module. 
to make that to make that work. Um, my guess is it usually comes down to some sort of emissions thing, right? It's it has to do with tuning of the engine for the manual transmission, and it's usually some sort of emissions thing or whatever. Because putting the manual transmission in is the easy part, right? Getting the engine to run, it always comes down to like, oh well, if we do this, what kind of MPG are we at, and you know, how do we calibrate it? Budget, how do you budget? Yes. Yeah. Right. So uh, it basically came down to uh, somebody saw it on the as an option when they were ordering the car from a dealer. And the dealer was actually, I think if I read this right, the dealer said, yes, we can do it. And so he, he said it's not available on the Dodge website yet, or it wasn't as we're doing this podcast. He said, so you can go to the website, build the car that you want, build it with the Torque Flight 8-speed automatic, which is $2,995 option. And he goes, and then, you know, email it to me or send it to me with a note saying, but I want the manual transmission. And they'll duck the three grand and put in the order and you're good to go. And I guess this dealer... Good for these guys. Now, I don't know what the long run is, but these guys said the first five orders that they get on this car with a manual transmission, they'll do it for sticker, MSRP. There's no markup. Now, I don't know what that means after that, but... Uh, well, that's the that's the important answer. Right? Yeah, it is. But I get what they're doing. They're going, hey, the forums are already talking about us as a dealer. We've said that we can get it in there like we don't we don't want that bad press of going there's going to be a markup or there's a markup on all these there's going get these first five in there and we'll do it for no markup which it's like it's okay. like it's like Ann Sarah when I when I spoke to Ann Sarah and they gave me the skinny on their their MO when it comes to overages uh I called Dodge and let them know and instantly there was an article written ironically uh but the attention that you garner for a positive like that is way, way more than you can ever reap in the marketing world. Right? Yeah. It's instantaneous. So, I mean, it, it's, it's great publicity when, you know, during this day and age, everything is negative. So, yeah. Well, so long story short is you can order a challenger with a manual transmission. It's uh, I'm sorry. You can order a Hellcat with the manual transmission. Um, but it's the 717 horsepower version of the car. You can get the narrow body or the wide body uh, and you can get it with the manual, but uh, like red eyes and stuff that never really came with it, still not going to come with it. So well, they uh, can't, they can't, the red eye came with it because I've got one right over there. No, no, I don't. That's not a red eye. Yeah, I don't think it's a red eye. You're right. Yeah. Wow. Um, so anyway, the 717 horsepower version of the, you know, the Hellcat Challenger you can get with a manual transmission. So that's that's kind of cool. So hopefully uh where are we at on this thing? I think the MSRP is 67,000, almost 68,000. Um the 8-speed main uh 8-speed automatic would be about 3 grand, $1700 gas guzzler tax. <laughs> and 1600 destination charge uh 
so you're at seventy, almost seventy four thousand um, dollars, which is which is about what we thought. And then you can, I guess, you can back out three grand off of that, about seventy thousand, if you get it with the manual. So you're at like sixty nine thousand nine hundred. If you don't do any other options, don't do anything else. So, um, so anyway, that's not a wide body, is it? So you can do this the the narrow body or the wide body, as long okay. as it's the seven. Is the price the wide oh, body? I'm sorry, no, that that's not the price of the wide body. That's that's just gets you in the door with the with the SRT Hellcat. Gotcha. Excuse me. Um, but anyway, it's just yeah, good. It's interesting. I mean, look, <laughs> you're gonna go out with a bang with these cars, like they're doing with the Demon and and whatever, and uh, uh, before they start going to you know electric or whatever they're actually going to end up doing. So why not swing for the fences and, and, and do it right? Um, well, but swinging, but swinging for the fences would be offering a, a wide-body Charger red-eye with a, with a six-speed. That would be swinging for the fences. It, it, yes. And again, I, I don't know that the argument is, can the six-speed handle the torque and the power for it um, as much as it is probably some sort of tuning or emissions thing, right? Well, yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> Back to where we were. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I like what they're doing. I like that you can get it with a manual transmission. Uh, I was um, driving my car. I was driving my Mach 1, and a buddy of mine is a big Mustang collector. Bunch of Fox bodies, new Mustangs, SN95s, New Edge, all the Cobras, the Selene's. He's he's got he's got a handful of these wrapper cars, which are very low miles, 10, 20 miles, hundred miles, um, not PDI'd, still wrapped in plastic. He's got a handful of these types of cars. I I'm already kind of like getting itchy because my my sack car has 3600 miles on it and i'm kind of like ah, i might even sell it just because i can't enjoy it uh you know i can drive it around the block but i can't really drive it that much I, i'm not faulting anybody that that is into the the wrapper cars but I, i'm just not quite sure it's for me so we'll see how it goes um you know but uh, uh i was I was with him at Barrett Jackson when he bought like the 2000 Cobra R model with like, I don't know, 45 miles on it, 90 miles on it or something all wrapped in plastic. People are like, that's crazy. You spent a world record for the car. And here we are three years later and they're, they're all double the cost of, of what he, what he paid. So he's like, I, I don't, I don't care. But the point is, is he had a GT 500, which is fantastic car. Um, I've tracked it. I've driven it on the street. I've driven a bunch of them. Um, you know, 760 horsepower, DCT, DCT transmission, uh, cool car. And I told them, it's like, I bought my Mach 1 because I didn't know how much longer we were going to be able to get a cool Mustang with a manual transmission. And this came with the Tremec transmission from the GT350. And uh, that's why I got that car. Um, I know in the future, even now with the 24 Mustangs out, and that's a cool car. You can get it with a manual. You can get it with the automatic. And there's going to be a Shelby version that we've seen spy photos of. I didn't really know it at the time, and it's a cool car. 
but they're saying that one's going to be tougher to tune. So I got this with the manual transmission. Uh, and he went out and he ordered two Mach 1s. Uh, uh, I think one was going to be a rapper car, one he was going to drive. And now he's a couple weeks into it. And I was like, how do you like your Mach 1 uh, with the manual transmission? And he's like, finally, I can say it. He's like, this is the best Mustang I've driven. He goes, the way they dialed this car in and with the manual and they took bits from the GT350 and the GT500 and... Uh, they just got the right combination. I know a, a lot of a lot of the press was saying it's the parts bin car. It's like they threw all the parts. I was like, I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't care if you call it a parts bin car. Ford took the best pieces out of their performance catalog, threw it all together, gave it a warranty, called it a Mach One, and made a really cool car. I, Thank you. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I what I wanted. Now, of course, you know, I cut mine up and I put twin turbos on it and stuff, but, uh, but it's still, I think one of the, one of the best Mustangs they've ever made. And uh, I think having that manual transmission makes it super fun. And I like seeing the challenger uh, probably in its final year available with the, with the, with the manual transmission as well with, and with the Hellcat engine. It. So that's, that's kind of cool. It's badass. Well, yeah. From a guy who's got, you know, all of them. Uh, yeah. my, my most fun is no question the six speed. I mean, a hands down. I wish they were all six speeds. I mean, that's just me. You know me. Yeah. Um, but it, the driving experience is unparalleled. It's not even a comparable. So. Yeah. Is your your green car is the six speed right that? The triple nickel isn't, or did oh, I get that black, the my my 2017 Hellcat, the original skinny tire car that had the 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 emblem on the side of it, the Hellcat emblem, the the the, the ghost, yeah. Hellcat, and then I took that off, and then I sent it up the speed core, speed core, you know, widened it, carbon that, fiber, the front clip. And, that's right. That has the carbon fiber wide body on it. You had that at SEMA. Uh, you and I had cars the same year there yeah. at, at SEMA. Yeah. yeah, that's a cool car. Yeah, it's a 950 to the tires, six speed. I mean, the car's terrifying, but it's awesome. And what I mean, what a driving experience. It it makes the others pale in comparison. Yeah. But again, uh, but to harken back on your your uh, what did you call the 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 plastic, plastic, the wrapper cars, wrapper cars, because they're still right. wrapped. They're still wrapped. If, you're, if, if, if you have the, I mean, I'm, I'm a man who's done it all, you know, kind of. Well, if you have the ability to have one of each, right? You that, can drive one, and then you can put one away. You don't worry for two seconds about the one you put away. Right. Yeah. You now know, that not everybody has that advantage of that. I'm extremely lucky to be able to do that, but. Yeah, you know, you've got I, the demon rapper car. Do, you know, because it's you, too tempting. Ab- absolutely right. You've got the demon rapper car, and then you've got uh, the other demon that you can drive. Actually, you know, I, I, if I if my red ninety three Cobra was together, if I had the time to finish that car, then I probably wouldn't worry too much about the sack Mustang because the red car is the one that I really want to drive. Now, I did. Drive the sack car around the block the other day, and then I brought it in and I washed it. and I've been polishing it up, and and I never really got a 
enough time to what since I bought that car, I didn't have the time to really kind of go through it. Like I did the dry ice blasting because I sent the car out for that and I brought it in and I didn't really address anything else. And uh, now that I've got it here and in the warehouse and, you know, Bill can see it, but the rest of you guys can't, but kind of over my shoulder, the cars are lined up over there. And I actually was able to spend a little time and start doing um, a really good detail. on. I don't want to say paint correction because I didn't, it's a, you know, it's thin paint. I didn't want to like start digging into it and start removing an orange peel. I wasn't going to like sand it or anything. Do you want like a color sand? I just did a good quality detail. Like I, I did a, it cleaned it all up, clay barred the whole thing, um, did a compound, did a, a little bit of a cut on it and then started the polish on it. And then I'll finish it up with, with a wax. And it looks it looks fantastic, and then I just been spending hours on it, and you know it's in the warehouse, and I can cover it and clean it off, you know, so I don't have to do it all at one take. I'm just, you know, just put in my headphones, spend a little time doing it, and it it's uh, I kind of use them as even like a cardio day. It's your it's just going in and like, hey, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for three days and start doing it. So I've got a little bit more work to do on it. Um and it looks fantastic and under the lights and everything in the warehouse it it looks good. So I'm I'm glad I got some time to actually to do it on that car. Maybe I'll bring it out to one of the local shows. Uh and and then you know and it's it's easy to clean up after that. But um it's cool. It looks good. Fun, it's a fun car. I wish I had the time to do that. <laughs> you got the wash bay, you got the warehouse, you got the lighting set up, and uh, yeah, but like I said, you know, you devote four hours to each car. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like, listen, I've I I have the warehouse here. I've got tools. I've got gear, and I still don't have time to 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 work on that red car. And and I know what I got to do. And there's been a little bit of a holdup. I've got a. The big issue is, is still I've got to make the custom brackets for the supercharger and stuff. And I've gone through a couple of thoughts, a couple of options. My friend, Chris Brown, that came in and worked on my my truck, my 95 Lightning. He's the guy that um, created, uh, he, he designed new mirrors and door handles 3D. And then we, we 3D printed them in plastic, did a few revisions, made the aluminum ones, had uh, Evod make them for us. Um, we're going to work on that other red car. We, we actually came in and spent a, a little bit of time looking at it, measuring a few things and coming up with a few ideas, but the guys at pro charger this past year came out with a whole front engine accessory drive for the LS engine. That's a serpentine belt drive with a supercharger and they've been telling me they may do one for the Ford. And I don't know what it's going to look like yet. They don't know what it's going to look like yet. I spoke to their engineer and it's been a year. And he's like, I haven't really gotten to it yet because we've been pushing the LS drive. And he goes, it's something we want to do. And so I got to check in with again and see if he's made any headway before I start pulling the trigger on on gotcha. some on some 3D design. I just want to see what he's doing. And if it works for what I'm doing, it's not going to be exactly what I'm doing. Um, it won't be exactly the same. But if theirs is turnkey and it works, I'll use their system. If wow. I end up, if I end up designing my system, then uh, I'm 
I have a custom balancer made with a belt on it, which is not common on the Fords. And mm-hmm. I reverse the, the supercharger. So the pulley faces the firewall. So when I run the supercharger belt, it'll be real close to the engine block instead of far out in front of the engine. And what I'm doing there is putting the least amount of load on that front bearing, right? Because these supercharger kits, they often push that blower pulley way out front and puts a lot of load on it. The blower's got to be tight. So I move it far in. Now, this has happened. This has been done many times on the LS engines, but not really on the Ford engines. Um, And nobody has a kit for it. So if I end up designing mine, then I'm going to have the the blower belt right on the balancer. And if I do find a solution like from Pro Charger, then we'll just go to whatever they're they're kind of putting together. But oh hell yeah, don't reinvent the wheel. You're doing it enough. Yeah, right. That's because those will work. It'll work. Uh, <laughs> it'll work fine. Uh, as you guys know, this year would have been Carol Shelby's hundredth birthday. There's a number of events all over the place. Our buddy Aaron Shelby is is traveling all around the world. I think he's uh, at F1 in Spain. Uh, Last week, where he is. Yeah, uh, he's there with his family. So it's his uh, his his wife's birthday, and it's also a celebration of 100 years of Carroll Shelby and when he raced Aston Martin. So he's with the Aston Martin team. And anyway, they're having a lovely vacation while he's out there. And I keep thinking, I hope they swing by Lama on the way home because Lama is happening this weekend. And there's a big celebration there for Shelby. Uh, now, back here in the States, we've had um, one car already that came out as a, a, as a centennial celebration uh, Mustang for uh, that all black one that I went and I showed you guys a few months ago, I think back in January, February. Uh, and now Shelby American has their F-150 to celebrate the 100th uh, birthday of Carol Shelby. It's a you know, over-the-top F-150, everything that you would expect on it. Um, you can get it with a supercharger and the non-supercharged uh, version. So the 400 horsepower V8 is standard or you can get it with 800 horsepower uh, with their optional supercharger. Now, keep in mind, this comes with a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. So you can go in to Shelby, get yourself an 800-horsepower F-150 as well. It's got all the body modifications. Like, I'm not a fan of the hood with the the twin snorkel and the big stripe over it, but the rest of the truck I, I do like. Uh, let's see. It comes with uh, 22 inch wheels. Um, the Centennial package has a bunch of stuff and numbering, carbon fiber trim, black leather uh, upholstery in it. Uh, you can get it with a Raptor style Fox 2.5 uh, shocks, internal bypass technology, uh, lift kit, uh, all the all the kind of the cool stuff. I believe there is a street truck version of this as well. So you can get the off-road version of the street truck version. Nice. Anyway, pretty cool. Kind of badass stuff. It'll cost you about $130,000 base, about $140,000 with the supercharger engine in it. But, eh, you know, I, I listen, it sounds like a lot of money to me, but I talked to the guys at Shelby American and they sell, I don't know, two or three times as many Shelby F-150s as they do Mustangs at this point. So, Somebody's down with 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 doing this. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of people that love that that space, right? 
Yeah. We know Chevy Camaro is coming to an end and uh, they're trying to do a couple of special edition vehicles, offer some collectability. I know there's, we talk about wrapper vehicles, right? So uh, this may be an opportunity to, to jump on that bandwagon. Um, Chevy has uh, come up with this uh, Panther package. Excuse me, grabbing some water. So the Panther package is, um, it's kind of a blacked out edition uh, of the car. You can get it on pretty much all of the trims, the LT through the SS. Uh, the LT and the SS get a gloss metallic finish, and then the ZL1 will get a matte variant. And this is the first time Chevy's offered a a, a matte finish on the Camaro. <coughs> That's uh, black stripes. Now, there isn't any power advantage to it there isn't any performance upgrades this is simply an appearance package um there's no performance upgrades because they're offering the panther package on the whole lineup of cars right so yeah there's no additional power but if uh they're only going to make about 350 of them so if you do want just a camaro or a zl1 or an ss and you want to make it a little bit more special see if you can get in line and and get on this, I want to say, uh, you might want to do that pretty soon. I want to say the 2024 Camaros, the order books open June 15th. So it's right around the corner, but then production ends pretty much in January. So get your orders in. They're going to start making the cars. Everything will be built by January. And, uh, and there, there you go. (laughs) Grand yeah, the Camaro. Yeah, look, I drove the Camaros. I mean, I I don't love it, but I I did drive. I drove a ZL1, and then um, uh, David Borla had a demo vehicle. He developed exhaust on, and he's like, "Hey, I got the Borla ZR1. If you want to drive that," and I was like, "Sure." And I drove around town with giant Borla stickers on the side of that thing. But that car was fun. And and he made it sound awesome. It it's got some it's got some good power, and they haul ass around the track. I mean, sure. I know they're not selling well, but they haul ass. You just can't see out of the back, so you just got to stay in front. Yeah, and it's got a really big like a pillar on the inside. It's it just kind of oh, yeah. big and kind of in the way. Um, it doesn't. It's not as noticeable around town, but uh, when you're when you're on the track and you're really trying to see where that point that that corner front tire it's um, it's it's a little bit of an issue um jeep gladiators getting a little bit of a facelift we saw the facelift on the 24 wrangler and it looks like the gladiator is pretty much going to get the same thing so uh if you're looking for the truck version of the jeep you'll get some upgrades to to the jeep gladiator uh not a whole lot to talk about there you pretty much know what it's going to look like some revisions on the front grille and a few other things, and pretty much the interior is going to match what's going on with the 24 Wrangler. But just wanted to throw that out there if you're doing any shopping and looking for uh, for the new Jeeps. Um, you know, there is a sort of a, a a refresh for the 24 models, which will be happening soon. There's some cool, there's some cool, like, little side models that are, they're, uh, they're making available uh, with the Jeep brand. Yeah, they are. Now, I don't know if the if the Gladiator is going to have the plug-in hybrid powertrain version of it or if I don't I don't know if it's going to have 
the 392 V8 engine, but the standard configurations, which I believe will be the two liter tuber, the two liter turbocharged four, and then the optional 3.6 liter V6. I, I don't know what they're going to end up doing with specialty versions or hybrid. I think they're probably going to end up doing the 4XE, the plug-in hybrid version of it. I, I, they just really need to lean into the more fuel-efficient versions of these cars, especially because Stellantis and uh, and I think GM were just hit with huge fines for not necessarily meeting the, the EPA requirements. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to say a fine. It's It's like... It's kind of like buying the clean air credits, but if you don't have enough clean air credits, you gotta you gotta Buy pay the more. difference. Yeah. But the difference results in a couple of hundred million dollars. Also, <clears throat> it's a little weird with Stellantis because um it's some of that is a carryover from the brands before they merged them all under the umbrella of Stellantis. So uh they were kind of expecting it. They were, I mean, not kind of, they were expecting it, but now that they're, you know, they're full steam ahead as Stellantis. They they need to compensate uh, for the inefficient cars with more efficient cars. You got to sell a lot more Dodge Hornets than you do Hellcat Red Eyes. <laughs> what, are, what are the numbers on that? Do you? I'm very curious to see what they're selling. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, well, we'll have to. I don't have any of that in front of me. Typically, that's a question for Alistair Weaver because he can access that data on the fly. We'll have to ask him. Um, so we're going to wrap things up soon. We're going to do a little bit shorter show. We both got to run up and do something. But I, I do want to mention this about Fisker. So Henrik Fisker is uh, an incredible designer um, uh, and had his ups and downs <laughs> success-wise. But... <clears throat> He's actually really wonderful to interview. We've done some interviews with him. He's been on CarCast in the past, and he's full steam ahead with this uh, with the Fisker SUV, this EV that he's doing. I saw it up in uh, Pebble Beach. Um, it, it looks pretty cool. It's got some great design to it. I saw it at the auto shows as well. But uh, the Fisker Ocean, he's got a couple versions of it, um, like basically a small battery and a big battery. So the Fisker Ocean Extreme is the big battery version. And it's a pretty small SUV. And he fits a 113 kilowatt battery in it. Uh, And the EPA did their testing on it. And they came back with a 360 mile range. Now, this is independently tested. This is EPA testing it. This isn't Fisker. Good. And he 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 was saying it's going to come in around 350 and it actually came in at 360. So this is pretty much the most range for anything in its class that I can think of. I I don't know. Uh um it's it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. Now their top of the line version of this SUV is about I don't know, 79, 80,000 bucks. And I want to say it starts at about 30 something, 36,000 small battery, less range, less features and whatever. But it, this is under a hundred grand and it's a nice looking SUV and it's got some cool features in it. And I, I, I question like how many is he going to be able to sell and what's going to be the quality 
but he's outsourcing this to, uh, I, think, I thought it was Magna, but you have to correct me on that. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but it's the same uh, manufacturing facility that does the Mercedes G-Wagon, right? Because that's basically outsourced. Yeah. So he made, a, he made a smart move as a company going, well, before we spend all of our money ramping up a facility to build these vehicles, let's outsource it to somebody who knows how to build vehicles. And then we'll kind of take it from there and see where we want to go. Uh, I thought that was, I thought that was a smart move. So uh, I want to say that uh, he predicted the first full year of production at about 42,000 cars. It's going to come in short, probably about 32 to 36,000 cars. That's still a lot of cars for the first year. And if you ordered the launch edition, the Ocean One is what they called it. There was about 5,000 orders put in. Those are going to start shipping soon. And he expects the production of all of those to be done by the end of September. So this year, you will get your launch edition vehicle. Um, me, personally, the launch edition seems fun. Maybe there's some collectability uh, but I kind of let those 5,000 people enjoy that version of the car. I want to see how it goes before it, before uh, it needs a little, it needs a little bit of shaking out, I think. But I'm not getting into the EV world. I, and I, 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 no, I, I, unless I'm kicking and screaming, but I'm not getting into the EV world until it does. And I'll use a plasma TV as an analogy. I bought four of them when they were ten grand a piece. Yeah, they can pick one up for twenty five cents at freaking Walmart. So, you know, I, I um, I'll applaud the first people to get those Fiskers, but you know, I'll wait a little. Yeah, and you know, when we talked about wrapper cars, I'm not sure that's the car feasible for for anything with a with a battery hybrid or whatever. Like I'm hearing. Horror stories about La Ferrari, and it's it's like the batteries are going bad, and they're having them re- replaced because people aren't really driving them, and they need it, it needs to go through that cycle of 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 using the battery a bit. I don't think it can just sit there and not, you know, like whatever. And then if you use the battery, does it does so? If you somehow are able to use the battery and cycle the battery without using the car itself and not putting wear and tear on it. Does it do anything to the value of a rapid car? Yeah. So that, that's, that's the question. And what these car companies haven't really figured out yet, I guess is like McLaren P1, LaFerrari. They haven't really filled figured out like the trickle charge, like sustain, you know, like you plug in your, your, you know, your C-Tech battery charger into our regular battery. They haven't figured out that state to keep the car preserved. Uh, so it needs a little bit of, of usage. Um, so I don't know about the investing in, in, you know, buying and keeping the car on the shelf and it's got some battery technology. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. I listen, I haven't seen Leno in a little while. Uh, Adam has, Carol has talked to him, but I'm curious to, to go back to him and go, hey man, what's been going on with like your P1 and stuff? He may just say, I, I drive it. I don't have an issue because I know he drives it every once in a while. Um, but uh, you know, it's t- Sammy Hagar's had issues with his La Ferrari, and you know, Ferrari came in and fixed everything and changed the battery and whatever. But 
Um, and I think he's, you know, maybe even contemplating selling it because he just doesn't want to go down that path. I think he's just going to stick to what he knows and what he loves. And, you know, I mean, listen, he's also got the, the Audi, uh, e-tron, the, basically the Taycan version, you know, the Audi version of the Taycan, uh, he drives it, his wife drives it and, you know, but they put miles on it and they drive it all the time and love that car. But that's not the one that sits in the showroom and, you know, gets driven twice a year, <laughs> you know, so I don't know. So I'm a little iffy on, on, on the collectability of these cars with the big battery. So maybe it's fodder for another time, but, uh, all right. So I know you got to run out, but, uh, good luck to Gage and, uh, and his team. The guys are, uh, uh they're doing great. Um, yeah. Is there anything we're missing? No, no. Not that I know of. Um, like I said, uh, I'm addicted to my singular. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, guys. Thanks so much for uh, for listening, as always. And we'll catch you next week. Until next time, keep the air and the spare in the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.